Hello and welcome back to another TFR podcast. Uh, we are here today for our first episode of a brand new series of podcasts uh, called F1 Moments Revisited. And I'm joined by Chris today and uh, we are starting off with, well, a lot of people's favourite kind of season ever of F1, uh, dare I say that Chris, um, and it's the 2012 season. Is it your favourite season ever? Well, it has to be one of my favourites. I mean, back in those days I was like a massive fan of Red Bull Racing and Lotus because of like the Renault engines and stuff. I was mm. a massive Vettel fan so I really enjoyed those days. Um, it was a good season as well. Yeah, well for some, the, well this whole series will be a bit of a nostalgia fest if you like for some and um, and yeah for everyone's got different memories if you like of these previous seasons and um, we are starting off with a good one um, because you know there's so many moments uh, that we will cover in this podcast we might even need to make this two parts we'll see how it goes um, but uh, it, there's, there's plenty of stuff so we will dive straight in there really uh, with with the 2012 season and um, spoiler alert, it was Vettel who won in the end, but it wasn't that simple. It was his third championship in a row, but it wasn't that simple. And we'll take you through the story of uh, an, an amazing season, which we kind of wish uh, it was what F1 was like these days. But starting off, um, actually in pre-season, a couple of things to note was that McLaren were the top dogs. Um, and were very, very quick at the start of the season, and we rocked up in Australia. And uh, Chris, who who won the race? I remember that Jensen Button won the race. Mm. Amazing, beautiful car it was as well. You had like those weird front wings and front mm. noses in 2012, and they just had that normal nose. Yeah. That silver and red Vodafone livery. Absolutely. It was probably the best looking McLaren. And um, oh, yeah. it, it really was, you know, I, I remember that first race of the season. Like I say, uh, Lewis got pole. I think he got a bit of a bad start or something, and Button got the lead. And he absolutely walked away with it and um, and dominated the race. And uh, it was it was Vettel's second. Um, not actually too far behind uh, at the end but I do believe there was actually a safety car towards the end which closed it right up um, but yeah McLaren started off really st- strong Chris and um, and I think you well, we have to we have to say about it really but it was almost a bit like a, a missed opportunity again spoiler alert if you if you somehow weren't weren't around uh, in in 2012 and an F1 fan, um, but yeah, McLaren didn't end up winning the constructors or the drivers, and it did feel like a bit of a missed opportunity for them, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it was a really strong car, especially in the beginning of the season. They mm. looked really strong and they were really strong, and um, well, since they haven't had such a big chance ever after, yet. Mm. Um, they had a, a great driver line uh, lineup, so um, yeah, it was a big missed opportunity. But then again, a, a Vettel domination at the second half of the season. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, we will we will cover all that um, as this podcast goes along. And um, it was it was all I remember it. It was very as a Brit as a Brit myself. It was a lot of hype because. Button had a very good 2011 
season, which I'm sure will be another, it will be part of this series one day. Um, but he had a very, very good 20, uh, 2011 sorry, season, beating Hamilton and was, I think, second in the standings in the end. And um, winning the first race of the season and showed really good pace. They were looking really strong. And um, we then move on to the next race in Malaysia. So we've had our first winner and we had another different winner. But it was um, an almighty turnaround, Chris, to say the least, because a certain Fernando Alonso um, in the Ferrari, the Ferrari was not quick, wasn't it, at the start of the season, but they had turned it around. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too good of a car. But in the hands of Fernando Alonso, everything is a good car, mm. though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can, he can turn shit into something good, yeah. um, which he did there in 2012. Um, yeah, and it was it was a bit of a surprise to see him win that race. I think for most of the people it was. Yeah, it was a very mixed condition race, um, with plenty of rain and a typical. I mean, I, I, it it really does make me miss the Malaysian Grand Prix when um, oh, yeah. when I think about races like this because it was very wet, dry, and um, yeah, Fernando Alonso from eighth in qualifying absolutely dragged the car uh, to a win and a bit of a wild race anyway there was plenty of incidents going on and um, it was also the breakthrough moment Chris for Mr Sergio Perez talk us through that oh yeah it was was it Sergio Perez's first season I don't believe it was or was it it was his second season it was his second, second season. season yeah with the Sauber and mm. well he's just shown up and said like yo hey yo I'm gonna get the second <laughs> yeah. Which it was a big surprise, but then in the end, throughout the season, Sauber turned out to be a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll talk about Japan later on, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, yeah, he did. He did really well that race, and in those mixed conditions, decent uh, job that. Absolutely, and um, there was the moment towards the end of that race where he was catching and catching Alonso. And it was a couple of laps left, and it was just one little mistake at a very difficult corner, actually. Yeah, I think it's like the penultimate corner of Malaysia. It's a very fast S section, and then there's this right-hander where it's like over a crest. Um, yeah. But he just got a little bit out of shape as he was catching Alonso. And I think, like, I think they were on the radio, Sauber, saying, you know, this is good, Checo, but let's not throw this away. You know, second place is obviously going to be massive for them. And then he goes and makes a mistake. And I mean, it would have been amazing if he won um, for such a young talent. But I mean, he, he he really did just put his name on the market then um, at that moment, Chris, didn't he? Oh yeah, he definitely put his name on the market. Um, young gun performing really well in that Sauber, and well, it turned out to be uh, a good season for him to switch after uh, after the season. Mm. That's, uh, that's stuff for a. Different story. I know, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing is, it, it took Perez all the way until last season in 2020 to eventually win that first ever race. I mean, yeah. and that and that you know further adds to that amazing win last season um, in the uh, Sakia Grand Prix. And um, and yeah, it really was that moment when uh, Perez announced him, himself on the scene. And uh, so yeah, you're thinking. Jensen Button winning in Australia and then McLaren only having one car on the podium and quite a way off in Malaysia um, it, it is looking a little bit like a, a bit of a topsy-turvy season Vettel nowhere to be seen in Malaysia 
And then we rock up in China, uh, Chris, <laughs> and bloody hell, Mercedes have all of a sudden, like, 20 seconds quicker at the end of the race than the rest. It's his first win now coming up in Formula One. It's Nico Rosberg who wins in China. A fantastic result for both driver and team feeling on top of the world in the Far East here. And, um, and Nico Rosberg picks up the first ever win for the Silver Arrows in the in the modern era since I think the last win was like the 60s at that moment I mean it seems crazy to say that now but it was a real shock to see Rosberg uh, win Malaysia, um, Malaysia China yeah I I, I I remember that being a big big surprise and I don't believe they had such an amazing season before it so it wasn't really eyeing up to such a climax they were mm. just there I mean, 12 in Australia, and then a let's have a look. What place was he? 13th in Malai- Malaysia, and then just bang, first in China. I don't believe anything uh, anyone had seen that coming. Mm. Uh, big surprise, that, and big gap as well. Oh yeah, they were they were super quick, and I I believe they almost had a little bit like a double DRS on the car because um, the nature of the car on that particular track on that particular day. And the DRS was so good for them, and uh, they they just dominated. And uh, very unfortunate for Michael Schumacher, Chris, wasn't it? Because it should have been a one-two for them, but he retired um, unfortunately about halfway through the race, I believe. But um, I I don't know about you. I don't know what your thoughts are on Schumi, but personally, that was a bit of a a heart-crushing moment because you thought that was the chance uh, for yeah. a podium, and then it was gone. Well, I'll 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 be completely honest. Where back when Michael was dominating, mm. I um I was like three, <laughs> three <laughs> years old, so I don't have any not the same connection memories of Michael <laughs> being on that podium. But then to hear that he will be back, he w- he was going to be back in Formula One was great. Uh, I I really and en- well I really enjoyed him being back and Monaco's a different story mm. for a different time later on. Um, yeah, well we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it it was it was good to see him back and unfortunate for him to drop out um, through that race because they were really quick at that race the whole Mercedes crew. Absolutely, and um, and yeah, it was. A fantastic moment for Mercedes, fantastic moment for Rosberg, because he'd always been this kind of driver at this point, Chris, where he was kind of like, you know, you never thought of him as a top driver or anything like that, really. You know, you, you had your your Vettels, Hamiltons, Buttons, Alonso, and people like that, and your kind of Rosberg was just out, he was, ne- he was might get the occasional podium, um, but he was never quite, you never saw him, you know, getting wins in his career, but... You know, a fantastic day for Mercedes and a real shock, uh, to be honest, because at that point we still were a bit like, you know, oh yeah, you know, the Red Bulls will come strong at some point, um, but they weren't. They Vettel fifth and Weber fourth. You know, maybe that's okay, but by their standards, 27 seconds and 30 seconds off, and the Mercedes at the end of the race was rather. Um, you know, terrible for them considering yeah. 2011 and 2010, and um, Alonso down in ninth. So after winning in Malaysia, the Ferrari kind of just went back to um, its kind of point at that at the start of that yeah. season. It was just not good. But um, we will 
rapidly move on to the next round as we've got... Actually, I'll say one last thing about that Chinese race, because I do remember it um, as clear as day. Um, and Jensen Button and Hamilton, that they I don't know if you remember this quite as clearly, uh, Chris, but I remember that they it was a fantastic race to watch behind because they really had to hunt down the Red Bulls and pass them towards the end. Do you remember that? Uh, I sadly remember nah, a bit right. of it. Uh, a bit of yeah. it, but not a lot. <laughs> no, not no, a that's alright. That's fine. I'll trim that bit anyway. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so, we then move on to the, the Bahrain Grand Prix. And um, we rocked up at this one, Chris. And, uh, and there was a lot of protests um, yeah. about this one. And the race was almost called off. Um, and it, it was all to do with, I think, the government in Bahrain or something like that, or I don't know, oh, the yeah, human was, rights or something. Talk yeah, it was like the big. It w this was during the time, like, like in Egypt we had protest, protests. We had in Libya we had protests, I mm. believe. We had protests everywhere, and well, to be honest, it was it it would it wouldn't have been wrong to cancel the Grand Prix, mm. if I may say so myself. But yeah, um, no, yeah, this was during a very very. Uh, turbulent time in like the Middle East in recent memories, um, but I think this was like pr this was like pure Bernie Ecclestone. He just didn't call a race off if it wasn't extremely necessary. Mm. The the man knew how to how to keep this organization going, but yeah, no, yeah, it was it was a it was a turbulent turbulent time in in uh, in Bahrain. Absolutely. It was a decent race, though. It was, yes, and um, yeah, it's amazing how different it was back then, and um, and and the whole way F1 was run, obviously under Bernie, and it it was quite a while until you know Bernie wasn't at the top. Um, yeah. But that that was a prime example of the turbulent <laughs> times um, at the top of F1. But it was Red Bull who bounced back to the top, and uh, it was Sebastian Vettel who picked up his first win of the season after getting pole. Um, but maybe he shouldn't have, uh, Chris, because a certain Kimi Raikkonen, um, who was back after two years out of F1, um, had an amazing race in the Lotus, and uh, almost, almost got Vettel right at the end. Yeah, that that. That Kimi Raikkonen, the Dead Lotus, it was a real good, good combination of driver and car. Um, mm. The Lotus looked really strong throughout the season, to be honest, and um, Grosjean as well. Third. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Kimi Raikkonen had a had a really decent race. Yeah. Absolutely, and um, he was definitely Mr. Consistent in 2012, oh, yeah. and. Um, he really got in the mix for arguably the title until like um, maybe the last couple of races, and um, and I will always remember that Lotus car because of the livery and it was so yeah it's super nostalgic when you see Beautiful. that now absolutely Beautiful. and um, and yeah that was when Grosjean was still a bit of an upcoming kind of driver should I say like you know yeah. it was, I think yeah. that was his yeah it was his first season. Uh, full, yeah. first full season, should I say, and um, and I think he did quite well in I think it was Australia, um, until he had a crash at the start of that, and that was <laughs> the first of many, and um, 
And yes, uh, this third place in Bahrain, you know, that that was pretty impressive result and um, and good uh, good stuff for Lotus. And uh, meanwhile, the other kind of results, uh, we we had both McLaren, uh, sorry, Hamilton down an eighth, but Button with uh, well retired in the end, uh, but was way off the pace. And after such a promising start to see the McLaren work struggling again, Alonso down in seventh, another poor result for him, and Paul De Resta in the Force India, a kind of lost talent almost, if you like, in F1, yeah. never quite realised his potential, uh, actually finished sixth in that race, which is a very good result for him, but we will get onto more of some of those drivers as we have plenty to get through. Uh, like I say, you know, make sure you have some snacks and drinks with you because we'll be some time getting through all this but uh, we move on to the next round and uh, we've had four different winners now and um, let's just say uh, looking back on it now this is just more unbelievable like the more you, uh, it's just round five Spain yeah. was just incredible nobody would have imagined this and um, to, to set the scene we're in qualifying and Lewis Hamilton has whacked it on pole. Uh, Maldonado, Pastor Maldonado, in the Williams. Of all people, like the absolute crash master from 2011, uh, has all of a sudden found himself in second at the end of qualifying. Uh, you know, half a second, almost six tenths behind Hamilton. But Hamilton stops in the track, doesn't he, Chris, at the end of qualifying? Yeah. I I, I don't remember. I believe it was like he stopped on the track, but mm. he um, did he get a penalty for it? He did. He was sent to the yeah. back of the grid because the car didn't have enough fuel left in it, which we saw a couple of times in the season, as we yeah. will talk about <laughs> later on. That was a recurring theme. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's quite weird, company, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, was it? Was it? Was it? Was it Fernando Alonso at Canada? As well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so. Hamilton had ran out of fuel in qualifying, and so he was sent to the back of the grid, which meant Lord Pastor Maldonado was on bloody pole position for the Spanish Grand Prix. And um, I remember there was so much hype before that race uh, with Maldonado and Alonso uh, locking out the, the front row. And um, unfortunately for Maldonado, he did lose the lead though, Chris, into turn one. And, um, and Alonso was ahead of him for quite some way in that race yeah and it was was it like this amazing strategy by Williams mm. which which caused him to go get back into first again absolutely yeah it yeah. was the it was the overcut uh, wait yeah. was it the overcut yes it was the overcut because it was, it was yeah, yeah. Alonso pitted first and then it, it, this is the thing 2012 the tyres were perfection this is what yeah, made some of these races so fantastic because you rocked up to each race and because of the tyres they were so fragile and just all over the place and the, the grid order was just mixed up uh, like you wouldn't oh, believe yeah. it and um, and yes Maldonado uh, made a fantastic overcut it was literally the, the race of his life literally oh, yeah. and, um, and jumped Alonso and you know, as you know, Chris, it's pretty damn difficult to overtake in Spain. <laughs> and he went on yep. and won. Yep. In 2012, we had four from four. It's now going to be five out of five. Another different winner, a new winner in Formula One. It's Pastor Maldonado ahead of Fernando Alonso. 
yeah, it's to be honest, faster Maldonado actually did a decent race. I believe mm. the races before Spain didn't go quite to plan for Lord Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember him crashing out in Australia. Yeah. Which was very, very senioretic, if that's the correct word. Um, I don't believe it is, but it was I quite see. amazing. Um, yeah, Pastor Maldonado winning his first, first and only win in F1. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's a big, big, big surprise that was, as well for for Williams. Williams lost. Yeah. This was their last win. Last, last win, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know, I keep saying about Lord Pastor, yeah. but it's all about Williams as well. Um, and then their garage was well, in the light. Well, this is the thing. Um, they, they had this unbelievable result, and it really was a special moment. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the most amazing of races to watch in terms of overtakes, but it was just the result. It was just... Fantastic, and obviously, you know, we you, we always want someone at the home race to win, such as Alonso winning in Spain, yeah. which um, obviously, again, spoiler <laughs> alert, he did it in the end. But um, <laughs> and uh, but it was just an incredible result for them, and yeah, like you say, last win for Williams uh, since it's never been as good, really. Let's be let's be honest, and um, and then the fire broke out, which was a real shame, uh, wasn't it, Chris? Because it was like such a high and then it was a terrifying yeah. moment really I mean like it was a proper I don't think it was pro- it wasn't properly caught on cameras if you like because it wasn't during the race mm. or something it was quite a way well, after it was wasn't like it during the celebrations wasn't it mm. I, I heard it on the news the day after because back in those days in the Netherlands it was just like we had like this pre-show the mm. race and then just coverage done so I heard it on the on the news or maybe even the Grand Prix after was it was it the Italian Grand Prix after this one it was, right? Uh, it was the Canadian... Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It was Monaco. Oh, God, I'm jumping Monaco. the gun. Oh, no, yeah. So I heard it during the Monaco Grand Prix from the from a Dutch commentator. Mm. Like, that, yeah, the garage box was set alight and stuff. It was really weird, to be honest. Yeah, and, it... And such, such a shame, because you really don't want them to, after such an amazing result, you don't want mm. them to lose their stuff because of a fire. That's the thing. I think... It's probably almost like the worst way for it to happen. You know, they're obviously all worse, but you do get circumstances where it's, you know, it's like, for example, when Grosjean had his crash, terrible crash last season. Yeah. It was oh. terrible, even more so, because it was just a shock. You never think that's going to happen. And yeah. like in this case, um, it was the shock element, but also, you know, the, the whole happy and uh, everyone on a high kind of element in terms of like, you know, them winning the race, and I think everyone was happy with Williams. You know, I don't think there's many people that dislike Williams, and um, and yeah, Maldonado was such a kind of controversial character, and it was just like, you can't believe what you're watching. <laughs> but the first five races of the season, we've had Button, Alonso, Rosberg, Vettel, and Maldonado. I mean, it sounds weird to say it, and um, and then we arrive in Monaco. And it wasn't the most exciting of races, but it was Red Bull, once again, managed to get themselves sorted. And it was Mark Webber, Chris, who took yeah. the win in uh, in Monaco. And it was the the famous moment of the whole uh, backflip or whatever it was into oh, the yeah, swimming pool. The pool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so yeah, Mark Webber uh, won it. And it was a very tight race in the end, when you look at the the gaps it was uh, three seconds to Alonso and Vettel only four seconds behind Weber in third um, but 
but yeah, it was it was a good result for Weber, and I t- we'll 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 talk about well we'll talk about the 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 qualifying moment in <laughs> in in just a moment. Um, but on Mark Weber, uh, Chris, where where did you sit with him? I he was one of these drivers that at that time he he almost felt like a you know one of the well he he retired the next year but he definitely felt like the older statesman if you like um in the pack and um he just never quite maybe grasped the opportunity of the car that he was in would you say no yeah he was he was one of the old guns i believe he, mm. he joined back in when jaguar was still a thing in the front, yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah so he was one of the old guys and with Vettel still being a relatively young gun uh, well not really too young but still still one of the fresh like young guys in mm. the sport um i he was just like he was he was he was the second driver and you could see it you yeah could see it like they they had their uh they had their moments obviously turkey um but uh mark webber was was a really decent driver but because okay. he was a second driver he he always like he wasn't really meant to win. Mm. He wasn't really meant to win the races. Um, was it? I think it was the British Grand Prix this year as well, where he, he was. Balls. Yeah, he was like the Bottas, but with balls. Yeah. Oh, he he pulled off some fantastic overtakes in his yeah. career. He was he was meant to finish second, but he didn't always want to finish second, which mm. I did quite like about him. Oh, um, absolutely! Another podcast, you know, that will be, I can assure, in this series, will be the rivalry between him and Vettel and Multi Twenty One, oh, yeah. and well, I won't get into it because uh, <laughs> I could talk about it all day. But, um, but I, I apologise actually, I did read out the wrong podium for some reason. This, uh, this BBC mm-hmm. website uh, tricked me a bit and showed me for some reason the British. Grand Prix podium, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't uh, Vettel in third. It was actually Alonso was in third, and Rosberg was second. And it was a very, very close result at the end because it was a second separating the whole top three. Um, but you know, a good result for Rosberg actually getting second. But one of these races, um, Chris, where qualifying is like essentially just sets you up for your race position uh, at Monaco. Yep, yep. This is uh, this is like seventy percent of your race is um, is on the Saturday. The most Absolutely. important day of the Monaco Grand Prix is always the Saturday. Of course, you still mm. have to finish, but where you set up your car is ra- round about where you're gonna finish it. Absolutely. And um, speaking of qualifying, I know a lot of people have been like, "Where? Why have you not talked about it yet?" In in Monaco, it's the it's the most memorable moment of that weekend. And yeah, yeah, I will say about it now. Michael Schumacher did in fact get pole position, uh, unbelievably at Monaco of all places. It was a serious throwback to the to the good old days um, of his career. But he had a penalty. He had a uh, five-place screw penalty. Yes, uh, was it five or it was ten? I will double-check on that. It was five. It was five. Yeah, yeah. five. Uh, because he absolutely yeeted into uh, <laughs> and into Bruno Senna in Spain. Um, it, it, literally, the car went into the rear wing, and um, and uh, 
and yeah, it, it was a five-place group penalty, and lots. I remember lots of people were upset about that. Yeah. But um, uh, I have a question actually uh, from the inbox, the CFR inbox for this, and uh, I, I guess we would almost need to do a ranking video for this. But SWIP uh, SWW IG MB, <laughs> quite hard to say, um, says. Uh, was this lap his greatest ever in F1 and would he have won that race if he was allowed to start from pole well what do you make of it Chris I mean we, we don't know every lap of Schumacher's career but <laughs> no no I don't, I don't really watched all of the thousands of uh, <laughs> of um, Schumacher's laps but mm. um, well I would say it was his best moment of his F1 return Oh yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and I remember an interview with him saying like, "Oh yeah, I've got a five-place grid. This was even before the Monaco Grand Prix. I've got a five-place grid penalty. I'll put, I'll stick the car in pole, get the five-second grid penalty, and finish first. That Absolutely, unfortunately yeah. didn't happen. He DNF'd from the race. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a really good moment for his like F1 return. A hundred percent, and um. It was just a fantastic lap. When you look at the onboard, um, it was incredible because that Mercedes, you know, it was all right, but it just was not, you know, it it really was a a perfect lap. Uh, it reminds me of I think it was Kimi in twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen, one of those years, and um, when he got pole at Monaco. And when you look at the onboard of those kind of laps, you know, okay. there's obviously the car and things like that, but it is just so perfect in terms of the whole how close you get to the barriers but um, do you think Chris he, he could have won that race I mean this is very hypothetical but do you think he could have won if he got pole uh, I do think he could have mm. it's 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 always very it's very hard to, to, say. to say in hindsight yeah I mean oh yeah Schumann Chris obviously the guy to he's a guy that can win a race from pole obviously mm. um, but yeah um Let's let's just say yeah he could have won it he could have won it, Shumi could have won it uh, won it but he didn't in the end he DNF'd um 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 I I kind of forgot what the reason was that he DNF'd was it a crash or was it just a technical failure? Uh, so, sorry could you, could you say that again I didn't quite catch what you said I just like sorry a that's all right. um the reason that. Uh, Schumacher DNF'd was it like a crash or was it because of a technical was uh, this in thing? in as in which race as in uh, in Monaco oh Monaco he he, he did finish it he was just like he was still oh, he got really? I mean he overtook he overtook who was it he overtook someone like at the safety car right at the end but he like he got a penalty or something I think hang on I oh, know he did retire uh, oh no yeah, I don't know yeah. oh well, yeah, fair yeah. play, Chris. You caught me out there. Um, <laughs> I, I do not know. I don't have a clue, actually. I, I genuinely don't know why he retired from that race. I don't know why I have that in my head. Maybe that's like from 2010, um, when he literally yeah. overtook a car under the safety car, and then they like changed all the rules. Um, but, but no, yeah, I, 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 that's why I was like, you know, it wasn't computing with my head <laughs> because like when you said he retired, <laughs> I was like, did he? I was like really trying to wrap my brain. <laughs> But um, <laughs> anyways, uh, we'll we'll move it on to to Canada, the next round of the season. 
and um, it was seven out of seven, uh, Chris. It was another different winner, and it was uh, Lewis Hamilton for McLaren, his first win of the season, and it had been a bit of a frustrating uh, start to the season uh, for oh, Hamilton yeah. uh, in that year, but he, he got it right this time. Yeah, during the 2012 season, you could definitely see get, you could definitely see Lewis Hamilton get a, getting a bit more frustrated with Mercedes, uh, McLaren. Mm. You could just, at, at least that's what I see from it. Looking back on it at hindsight, maybe it wasn't clear at that time, but looking in hindsight, he was he was quite frustrated. You could see it. You could you, we've now seen the relaxed Lewis Hamilton. You could see that this wasn't really a relaxed Lewis Hamilton. But to win a race, that that must have been very important for him. I mean, his first race of the season in a really decent McLaren car. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and then Grosjean and Perez. That's an interesting podium, that is. Yeah, I, I was going to say, that's an amazing result for Grosjean, really, when you look at that there. Yeah. Only 2.5 seconds off Hamilton at the end. And... Um, and Perez on the podium as well, and uh, Vettel with a real, f- f- I can see here, his fastest lap was way quicker than anyone else's, almost a second and a half quicker than Hamilton's, um, but he missed out on the podium with Alonso just behind him, and um, and yeah, we we had reached uh, around seven, and, um, and at this point, um, it was, I mean, this race had been, very tire heavy. This had really shown, you know, right. You know, this season's going to be all about the tires at this point. And um, and I remember this race had loads and loads of pit stops. I can't remember exactly how many. My memory's not that good. But um, but it it had loads. And um, and it was, you know, the point where we really were kind of like, yes. Um, this this is a bit of a bizarre season. This isn't your regular season. Seven different winners out of seven races. I don't think it's ever happened. Uh, you you might you might uh, I'm not you might know for ex- for exact um, Chris, but I'm 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 guessing that that probably never happened before. Um, I don't think it has. And I yeah. No, I don't think it has. Which yeah. I I hope it happens again though. You know what I mean? It's something oh, that yeah, we, we wish yeah. we had another season like 2012. But um, we then move on to round eight and um, oh. fantastic race Valencia. brilliant race in Valencia and what it was the well. last race in Valencia was it I think it was the last I race I believe it was yeah 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 um, it was it was I remember from the F1 games you can yeah. play <laughs> Valencia in 2013 I believe it, it I all... could be wrong though I'll, I'll go no I, I think it is I think it is because it was a real kind of like send off race I think it was that kind of vibe um, but it was kind of like it always been a bit of a car park kind of track the way it had been seen you know it, was only, it didn't look that great um, in terms of the barriers and stuff like that around the circuit and I think the part of Valencia I mean don't get me wrong Valencia is a beautiful place um, oh, yeah. but the particular place that they had the track it just looked a bit bare and barren um, but enough yeah. about that the, <laughs> the actual race was a cracker the best ever Valencia uh, uh, race or the it was the European Grand Prix I think then and um, yep. Vettel dominated the early stages and uh, it was quite a way ahead but his car broke down and um, he was he was actually 
I remember at the time, who was it? It was Grosjean. Grosjean was like right up Grosjean there. Had an amazing race. Yeah, yeah, and then his car, I think, broke down as well just yep, after. Yep, he broke down as well. But unbelievably, Fernando Alonso had done an absolute stellar of a race, a real trademark Alonso race, making some fantastic overtakes. I think there's a move around the outside of Hamilton uh, or something like that into Turn 1. It's just yeah. unbelievable and um, really, uh, really just wrung the neck of the car and um, started 11th but won the race and... Um, and yeah, just sent the crowd absolutely nuts. Raikkonen on the podium as well, and uh, a certain Michael Schumacher got his only podium of the uh, of his return, his second F1 career, if you like. And uh, I remember, Chris, it was a very emotional kind of podium and a very emotional yeah, race for Alonso. For a podium. I know. That it's it's a, a very emotional race. I remember, yeah, because it it's Fernando Alonso in his home. Oh, home Grand Prix in his mm. home country, winning in his favourite car. That's amazing. Must have been amazing for him. But that podium as well, nostalgia all the way through. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> Nando, Raikkonen, and Shumi, amazing, <laughs> amazing podium. Imagine if we, like this is, I think this might just be one of the best podiums we've had in recent years. In recent yeah, yeah. years. Nostalgic wise, then. nostalgic wise, yeah, absolutely. Like when you look yeah. at it now, and um, and I always remember that moment when Alonso parked up the car uh, on on the kind of the uh, um, the lap after the race to finish. finish. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just like got the Spanish flag, was just absolutely thrashing it, and just like you know, just so much emotion. And um, I think he did cry on the podium. It was like a real you know yeah. heroic moment for him you know i think i don't think he'd ever won his home race in the f since like the renault days in, um yeah. so it, i mean it would have been a real long wait, wait when you think about it because uh, that must have been like 06 probably um i believe it was 05 or 06 one of those 05 years. Or 06. Yeah, yeah so it's a long time and um and yeah, it was an amazing moment. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm no Fernando fan, um, but he had an incredible season. I genuinely, you know, and I'm, I, I was a button uh, supporter back then, um, but that was genuinely one of the best seasons from one driver I have ever seen. I will say that right now because he dragged that car. You know, that car no right. I mean, it started 11th in that race. And he managed to like win the race, um, and he dragged it into the title fight, didn't he, Chris? He he absolutely carried Ferrari, um, something that we we haven't seen ever since. I think not to that we level. We haven't no. seen a driver carrying his team that much ever since because that Ferrari had no right to be in a title challenge. No, it absolutely had no right. But mm. in the hands of Fernando Alonso, everything is a good thing, isn't it? Oh, it, it was amazing, like, you know, it's, I don't think, it's not, you barely ever see it, you barely ever see it, Chris, that car was, yeah. like, not even top five, I generally would say that, no. you know, um, and he just dragged it, but, um, the other big moment that happened in that, uh, in that race, um, which was a, a real titanic battle at the end of it, was, uh, Maldonado, who was having a good <laughs> race as well, and Lewis yeah. Hamilton, um, 
oof, this was a hot topic back then. Uh, so to paint the picture, and then we'll delve into it. You've got uh, the straight in the middle sector, I believe, and um, you've got Maldonado on the outside and Hamilton on the inside, going side by side into this real heavy braking point, uh, this right and then left kind of corner sequence. Maldonado gets pinched on the outside for this next tight corner and just keeps the car there. So then Hamilton just turns in and then just the car just then pings into the air and into the barrier and Hamilton was out of the race steering wheel off I remember and throwing it out of the car yeah Malnado had like absolutely fuming yeah fuming um, fuming he had like Malnado had like no front wing um, I'm trying to see where he finished in the end I don't even think he did finish um, uh, 12th 12th yeah so out of the points um, but oh it was a it was a mega moment though wasn't it Chris it was it was a a, a, a prime let's say a prime, <laughs> for, a, a Pastor Maldonado moment. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it that like throughout his career, he's always been not. He, he's never been a good friend with Hamilton on track, has he? No, it, it was actually Chris because there was a race in Monaco, 2011. They really like clashed, and um, they both like not like Hamilton was in this kind of dark place at that time. He was really just not doing well. And yeah. uh, they had multiple collisions, and Hamilton got penalised for it. And you know, he just got really pissed off with Maldonado. <laughs> and then this happened, and I think they were fighting for the podium, weren't they, Chris? I think I they were fighting for the podium. Were, yeah. yeah this so is like, like some oh my prime God. Maldonado shit house. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's imagine that nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on the outside, they come perilously close together. Hamilton forces Maldonado off the track. Oh, and they do touch, and Hamilton goes off into the barriers. Maldonado squeezes through, and Hamilton's race is over, and he slams the steering wheel in frustration. It was, it was prime Maldonado because he was doing really well, but he, yeah. equally, I think the thing is, it's a very tough. I don't think it's as clear cut Maldonado's fault. Oh, because no, it's, no, it's, no, it's one of these things where it's like where else is he supposed to go and I, I do feel yeah. Lewis was a little bit at fault there but um, I mean what's your what's your, your hot take on it Chris have you have you got one or is it have, have you got the same opinion no yeah I would I would definitely say that it's it's it was uh, it was preventable mm. it was very preventable um, Mother Nano couldn't go anywhere else really once he was stuck on the outside yeah um at the same time, it was a street track, so Lewis couldn't go a lot wider than he actually was. Mm. It racing incident, really, but it was prime Mastonada, uh, Pester Maldonado yeah, shithousery. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Pinch him off. Oh, that's amazing. Absolutely. I'm I'm almost more into that moment than his damn win at Spain. <laughs> that was just such a, a you know a Maldonado moment. But anyways, we'll move it on. And um, and yeah, that was the end of that different winner streak. But what a race to end it in some sense. You know, if it was a a boring, you know, dominant win from a driver, it wouldn't have quite been the same. But it was a fantastic race uh, to send off the uh, the the GP at Valencia. Then we had the British Grand Prix, and um, and this is the right results this time. Uh, do not worry. <laughs> this isn't the Monaco. It's not. It's not swapped around. But um, it, it was Mark Webber who won the British Grand Prix. It wasn't. I I remember actually watching this weirdly enough. Uh, I don't know why it's, it's stuck in my head, but it wasn't the greatest of races. It was a bit of a strategic battle. But um, 
It was uh, Weber who who took a second win of the season, Chris. And uh, we we see it like this, you know, two wins this season, when the only other person who's done that is Lonzo. You kind of wonder what yep. what was he playing at? Yeah, it was. Um, well, let's to be honest, it was good raised by Mark Weber, but mm, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, I I remember him uh, after the Grand Prix. He said like he said something like not bad for a second driver, eh, or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I was I'm quite trying salty. to remember. Yeah, was it that race? I think that oh, might actually, have been oh, 2010. I think that oh, may be. oh, yeah. have been because Shit, that was when yeah. they swapped the front wing. Yeah, and that was like back in the early days. Um, back in the early days of the kind of rivalry. I might be wrong on that. You might be right. Um. I mean, I do know Vettel got pole yeah, in that race, but Shit. oh, it was twenty ten. Yeah, that's all right. Don't worry. It's a it's a podcast. It's all nice yeah, and it's yeah. all casual. Um, it's but uh, it's right. <laughs> clippable. Yeah. It's all clippable. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Weber won, and uh, Alonso again picking up a podium. And at this point, he did have a pretty damn good leading championship. And uh, swiftly moving on to the next race uh, in Germany. Um, he he won again. Um, not the the most memorable of races again for some reason. I don't know why. But um, Alonso won again in Germany, and um, and did build up quite a significant gap in the championship. But the probably the biggest moment from this race was actually Sebastian Vettel's overtake on Button off the track at the hairpin. Do you remember this, Chris? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I do remember it. Uh, it was it was like the hairpin one, the hairpin. Yeah, and then he yeah. just went wide and I overtook him because he had more grip there. Mm. Yeah, it was. Uh, I would. I actually looking back on it, I. Oh, okay, I'm fairly biased because. Of yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I actually find it a really nice overtake. Yeah. I mean. There's never too much grip on on how off track is there. I mean, surely you can't overtake off track. Yeah, Nothing. that's the thing. Like it it shouldn't have been a, a, an overtake, like a legitimate overtake. It wasn't a legitimate overtake. Mm. But to find that much grip of the track where like all the marbles are, I yeah, find it yeah. quite impressive. Yeah, that, <laughs> I've got a bit of a different <laughs> view on it, unfortunately. Um, I I thought, <laughs> yeah. you know, I remember at the minute, at the time, I was like, he's got to get a penalty for that, um, because it was a right old scrap between Button and Vettel at the time um, in that race, and Vettel was actually, I think, fighting through the pack, and that's how he ended up there, um, and and yeah, and then he kind of just went right the way around the outside but off the track and it, it's almost like yeah. perfect timing because this is what <laughs> literally happened with Verstappen and Hamilton in the last race but um, yeah. in real life uh, this season but but yeah he, he was given a massive penalty in the end it was something like 15 seconds or something ridiculous it was like a, a huge penalty because he was like he finished second yeah. uh, before the penalty yeah. and then he got post race one and ended up fifth um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe not that harsh of a penalty uh, for me, but um, <laughs> but looking at the the other results, Kimi Kobayashi with a solid P4 for Sauber, 
and uh, from four uh, not four, I think twelfth on the grid, and um, and Raikkonen on the podium as well. Um, but to be honest, Sauber were really good. Kamui mm. Kobayashi was had a really good season back then. Yeah, really decent season that guy, and of course Kimi getting <laughs> Lotus throughout the season. Didn't yeah. Kimi have like this this contract which gave him like an X amount of money every point he scored? Yeah, yeah, it was a very it was like weird like 25k each point or something. Yeah, and that's how it ended up in yeah. tears uh, in 2013 yeah. because yeah. they ended up running out of money because he's got, <laughs> because I think, because of so many points, <laughs> really, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so they had they they ended up not being able to pay him. There's a right yeah. old, you know, fallout in Abu Dhabi, I think it was, 2013. Because he generally just didn't want to race. Because it was like... Yeah. I think they did, yeah. They retired the car after, like, one lap in 2013. Really? In, in, in like, the final race, I think. Because... <laughs> um, or, no, it was the penultimate race, because that would have been... Uh, the final race was Brazil then. But, um... Yeah. Because he wasn't getting paid, so he, he just had no interest... Uh, because yeah this was when Losis <laughs> we were in a real shit position financially yeah. and uh, Eric Bullier was making a bit of a mess of things but anyways I'm I'm going off on another tangent there <laughs> um, and we, we'll move it on to Hungary um, Hamilton dominated the race and Alonso once again keeping it consistent uh, still at the top of the standings and Vettel who was at that time generally still was the um, the the kind of what would you call it the 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 number one in terms of yeah he's going to get the title you know he he, he was still quite a way behind I mean Alonso actually didn't get on the podium um, I take that back because um, it was a double podium for Lotus um, yeah. getting Raikkonen again on the podium like in Germany uh, he was second and Grosjean once again another good result. In third, and he was somehow second in qualifying. I'm looking at that now, and it's like that doesn't seem right. But um, but yes, uh, Alonso uh, was very consistent in that season. And at this point, I've got it written down here. He was 40 points clear, and uh, Vettel was starting to fall behind.